Welcome to the Moms Hustle Different Podcast, where we give moms of color the tools they need to soar in their careers and in motherhood. Thank you again for joining us. This is your host, Brenda Miller, and I'm honestly just excited that you have taken the time and your busy schedule to listen to the Moms Hustle Different Podcast. Um, so this week I did want to just start off with something crazy to happen, um, for me. Um, so the other day, um, I, uh, was trying to get a ride in on my Peloton. Yes, I am addicted to the Peloton and it is worth the money. Um, before my son woke up, my husband had went out, um, for a job and then, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try to do this live ride um, in the morning, Saturday morning, and my son was asleep. So I put the baby monitor next to me, and I was like, all right, we'll see if he'll sleep for, I think it was a 20-minute ride. And sure enough, as soon as I started going, he started, like, moving a little bit, and then next thing you know, he was up crying. And you know, moms, like at that point you have a choice. You either just let them cry and do their own thing in their room and, you know, run around. He's in a regular bed so he can do whatever he wants in his room. Or I get him and bring him into my room and go from there. So I chose to bring him into our room and I turned like, I mean, this happened like in milliseconds. It felt like I turned on TV so that Paw Patrol or whatever was on would be on. And then I got back on my bike. So he was like rummaging around the room, doing whatever he felt like, tearing up stuff, you know, pulling things down, whatever he felt like doing right. And then I had the headphones in so he couldn't hear it. (laughs) And then like after a moment, after a while, he's like, where is mom? What is she doing? So he ended up coming to me on the bike and I was riding. So the wheels were turning and all of that. And he was about to put his hand in there and I'm like, no, no, don't do that. And then he wants to mess with the pedals because he sees my feet moving on the pedals. So in true mom fashion, I picked him up. I put him on my knee (laughs) and we we rode for the last five minutes together with him on my knee (laughs) on the peloton and i don't know that just i can't believe i did it he's probably like what 25 pounds now i can barely lift you know (laughs) much at all much weight at all but that 25 pounder was sitting right on my leg and honestly it just shows me sometimes as his mom's we figure stuff out right then but I honestly just didn't want to quit and it is a testament to motherhood to our careers um to any goal that we have for ourselves that obstacles may come your way things may not go as planned um things may not seem like you have it together but sometimes you just have to keep going work with it figure it out and that's honestly what I did I may not have gotten the best time 
they stood up on the bike. I really didn't get to stand up because he was sitting on my leg. So it looked a lot different um, than it would have if he wasn't on my knee <laughs> or on my leg while I was moving. But just remember um, that regardless of what you're going through, um, you will have obstacles and when you overcome them, they might not look the same. <laughs> you hear that? It might not look the same. You might not finish um, a race with a personal record or whatever else, but you finish the race. You walked across that finish line. And that's what's important. So I just want to remind you guys, whatever you're going through, whatever goals you have for yourself, you may not have gotten it done as fast as you wanted or... Um, even sometimes with the level of quality that you wanted, but you got it done. So I just want to encourage you guys in that way. Um, but today we have an interview, um, with Dr. Marcel Davis. Um, I've known her for a while and I think that her story will be very inspirational, um, to you guys. We actually recorded it a few months ago, um, right towards the beginning of the COVID-19 challenges. And I really think that, um, she shared things that she didn't have to share, um, in an effort to encourage other moms that are listening. So without further ado, let's go into the episode with Dr. Marcel Davis. I'm so excited this week to have Dr. Marcel Wilson-Davis on the podcast and, of course, start by reading her bio. Dr. Marcel Wilson-Davis has over 16 years of experience assisting organizational leaders in the collection and analysis of workforce and recruiting metrics. She is skilled in evaluating business landscapes and implementing projects and policies that enable organizations to integrate inclusion in business practices. Additionally, Marcel is experienced in providing leaders with the tools and strategies that equip them to move from the ideation of inclusion to the integration of it. In addition to Marcel's robust experience in diversity and inclusion, she also has a background in academia. Her career in academia includes both the design of MBA courses, as well as the facilitation of courses that include, but are not limited to, leadership, organizational behavior, cross-cultural management, human resource management, strategic planning, effective communication, operations management, and diversity in organizations. She has published a book titled Measuring Inclusive Leadership with Grace, as well as articles in the Journal of Practical Consulting, the Journal of Business Diversity, and the Journal of Leadership Accountability and Ethics. Marcel is also presented at a variety of conferences, both nationally and internationally, for more than 10 years. Marcel received her Bachelor of Arts degree from Georgia State University, her MBA from American Intercontinental University, and her Doctor of Strategic Leadership from Regent University. Thank you, Marcel, for joining us today. Brenda, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you. Um, So... We always start the call with our icebreaker, um, and it's bragging on your baby. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about your daughter. 
Wow. So I don't know any mom who doesn't like to brag on their baby. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm no different. So I have a, a newly turned 14-year-old daughter um, who truly is my reason for getting up and getting out there every single day. She's a straight-A eighth-grade student, almost in ninth grade. Um, all of her core classes are accelerated classes, and she's a level eight competitive gymnast. She's a retired second-degree black belt in Taekwondo. So she's been a busy little girl. She's a fierce, fierce competitor but incredibly humble and thoughtful. And I think that is one of the things that floors me about her. Um, So unless you're connected to me on social media or have the opportunity to read any of her essays in school, you would never know that she's a decorated gymnast. She's been in the sport for over nine years. She has almost 200 medals over the course of her career. I know, right? And last season, when she ended her season as a level six, um, she was Virginia's silver all-around medalist on the uneven bars. She was all-around medalist and and silver medalist on uneven bars. She's a straight-A student because she knows that if her grades drop, gymnastics is out the window. So she manages her time to make sure she stays at the top of her class. I never, ever let her forget how blessed she is. And because she embraces that, she walks in her purpose. And so thank you for allowing me to brag on my baby. She is amazing in my eyes. And so I'm an incredibly proud mom. Oh, that is so cool. And she does sound very accomplished and focused um, in being able to be an athlete and a student. Um, and do both well. So that sounds great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. She works really hard. You know, she doesn't have a lot of playground time. And truthfully, I don't know that she misses it because she is focused on her own. She has her own vision of her life and her path and her journey. And she has set her eyes on a goal and she is driving towards that goal. And that has nothing to do with anything I, I have said to her or influenced her to believing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you shared that with us. And um, I'm excited to see uh, what, um, what she does and how she works towards her goals. So that's great. Thanks. Um, Thanks. So our first question of our interview is always, Where were you in your career when you became a mom? Hmm. So when I became a mom, I lived in South Florida and that was uh, eight. Well, I lived in South Florida eight years ago. So I became a mom in 2006 and I lived in South Florida at that time. And I was a legal secretary at a national law firm at that time. And I had a tough pregnancy with her. She was my fifth pregnancy and child number eight and the only one to actually make it into this world. And so my pregnancy with her, I was on strict bed rest from month four of my pregnancy. So as you can imagine being on medical leave for that extended period of time, it meant not only did I have a decrease in income, but I had an increase in medical costs. And that experience taught me a lot. And I knew at that point that I wanted more for her and for my family. So as soon as she was born, I started to work on my MBA. 
and she was just a couple months old at that time. So I remember, you know, being a brand new mom, having a newborn and having to stay up all night and do an economics homework, but I was so focused. And so shortly after completing my MBA, I was promoted to HR manager at that same law firm. And I felt like I was headed in the right direction and that I was really focused on positioning myself for upward mobility. And by then, my daughter was about 18 months old at the time. Gosh, that seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that is interesting, especially, I guess, when you have that amount of time to really think as you're like on bed rest and you really can't do much about what you want to do with your life as you bring new life into this world and to take that opportunity to decide that you're going to get your MBA like that's that's pretty big that's a big step (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know I was on bed rest and there was so much reading and watching TV that I could stomach right and I just I kept thinking by the time I knew I was having a girl the one thing that kept coming back to my mind, it was almost like God kept telling me, she's going to grow up watching you. What do you want her to see? Mm. Yeah. So I didn't want her to see a struggle. I didn't want her to see, you know, having to buy food on credit cards because that was the situation we were in, you know, having increased medical costs and decreased income. That's what we were doing. We were buying groceries with credit cards. And I thought, there's no way I want this for her. I can't bring a child into this world like this. So I, I put my head down and I focused. Yeah. So what made you decide that it was going to be like an MBA program versus something else? Like, did you, you were looking into getting into human resources or like, how did you decide like what your path was going to be? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I, by then, by 2006, her dad and I had already set up a business. So years ago, I told you she was pregnancy number five. So pregnancy number one, um, I lost triplet boys at five months and I actually delivered them. So I delivered, you know, triplet stillborn babies. And right after that, her dad um, set up his own business. And so I helped him set up that business and start it. And so from that angle, I understood not just being an employee, but what it meant to be an employer. And I think that that experience is what helped me to understand that I really enjoyed and embraced talent management. That's how I knew I wanted to, you know, go get my MBA. That and as a little girl um, growing up in Guyana, I grew up being the last of 10 children. And my parents had their own business. But I remember as a little girl, my dad would sit into business meetings and he would have me sit on his knee. And he always included me in those conversations. And I remember looking around, he was the only person of color in the room. And I remember looking around thinking, oh my goodness, he's so smart. I want to be just like him when I grow up. And so... I, you know, I had all of these images in my mind and I think all of those helped to feed my vision. That's awesome. So as you kind of get your MBA and you get a promotion 
um, at your job. I mean, now we know that you have, you know, worked on a lot of diversity projects and um, you've written a book and things like that. How did you go from becoming an HR manager and starting, I guess, a new focus in your career to kind of where you are now and building a path of helping organizations with inclusion? Yeah, you know, wow. So as a working mom and as a working mom of color, you know, we, and I'm going to say we, we experience so much. Um, Our lived experiences are incredibly different. And with each step in my career, whether it took me to a lateral role or an upward mobility role, there were microaggressions that I faced. There was systemic racism. There were barriers to promotion. There were all of those things. And the one thing that is a personal value of mine is something my parents taught me, which is education is the one thing that nobody can take away from you. And the more education you have, the better opportunities come your way. And so once I got my MBA, you know, it's interesting because I love school. It's, it never comes easy for me, but I love school. And so once I got my MBA, I knew I had to go on, right? And so it took 10 years, but 10 years later, I started my PhD. My career went from the legal field to 100% being in diversity and inclusion. Um, And I ended up going from South Florida to Virginia because my role in South Florida, I got displaced from the company I was working from. They went through several rounds of reductions in force, and I got caught up in one of those. And I couldn't find another job in Florida. So, you know, going through the process of looking for a job, I ended up in Virginia. And um, the company I was with, I was with the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond at that time. Amazing benefits. Um, Great place to work. Also a learning lesson though, right? And I used the benefit that they had of going back to school. And so I got my PhD from there, um, used the tuition reimbursement benefit that they offered. And again, put my head down because my daughter's busy. She's growing. Here I am working full time, doing my doctoral program full time and trying to figure out motherhood. Um, I've transitioned then to I'm no longer at the Fed and I am building my own brand and working as a consultant in HR. I've written, I've taken so many papers that I wrote in my PhD program and I've actually published quite a few of them. My dissertation is the book that I published and I have truly been blessed. You know, there are times when I'm not sure if I'm making the right decision but I want, the one thing I never, ever do is I never question God's plan for me. I feel like everything I'm given is an assignment. I feel like every person I come into contact with is purposeful. And I know that he truly is in control and he guides my path. And so, I mean, that's really a high level overview of my career, but truly my education has grounded me and given me the foundation to grow. Yeah, that that is very helpful and that's interesting because, I mean, I think we all deal with that. We all have 
um, situations that happen that are out of our control, that kind of push us to try something different, but it ends up, you know, all working out, um, like with you ending up being displaced, but then end up finding a job that helps you to go back to school um, and to get some more education and things like that. So I think that um, it's super helpful for our audience to hear and to know that, you know, there are ebbs and flows in our careers, um, but we're all doing it. Of course. And, you know, I think that's what makes us strong, right? As moms, we're resilient. Um, And I think for us to think otherwise or devalue our experiences is something that we should never do because it makes us stronger. It makes us better. It truly makes us women of value and our worth should never be denied. Yeah. And as you kind of went through that process, I mean, you have a daughter who at one point was a black belt and is now, um, you know, going through her gymnastics experience and career. um, And you are, relocating you're going back to school and things like that what were things that you did to kind of help you cope and adjust um during those transitions yeah gosh that's a really really good question so i'm a lupus warrior let me put that out there Mm. i was diagnosed in 2007 that in and of itself comes with challenges because there's some days where i'm literally writing things down five times because I can't remember. There are days when I have foggy brain and I can't remember the meeting I was in yesterday. Um, And there are even some days when I'm tired and I'm in pain and I feel like I cannot get out of bed. And so self-care is critical. Um, Despite all of that, The one thing that has truly helped me since I was diagnosed with lupus in 2007 is I try hard to work out. My workouts are different from day to day because it depends on how I feel. Some days it could just be that I get up and I go for a walk because that's all I can do. Some days if I'm feeling stronger, I go for a run. I've done four half marathons over the course of seven years, six years. Um, I've done numerous 5Ks. I've never done an obstacle race, although it's in, it's on my bucket list, (laughs) but, but that, that workout regimen helps because the more I keep my joints warm through activity and movement, the better I feel. Um, I also watch what I eat because there are some foods that cause inflammation in our joints and I'm mindful of those. So I had to choose my diet very, very carefully. Um, A third thing is I am a music fanatic. And so I'm an island girl. I wasn't born in this country. I'm from the Caribbean. And so when carnival season comes around, my motto is have gas, we'll drive. I will drive to a carnival any day, any month. You have a carnival with Soka, I'm there. (laughs) And so that music is my music of choice and it always lifts me up no matter how I'm feeling or what kind of day I'm having. And there are times when, you know, I call my relatives or my friends up and I say, Hey, I'm getting in my car and I'm driving just because I need that connection because that's part of self-care for me is keeping my network fluid. 
Um, so definitely working out, watching what I eat, because I, I have to keep the inflammation low in my body and music. Yeah, I think that's, it's always, I love when I listen to when people are talking about the things that help them and the self-care that they do for themselves, because it's different for everybody, but it's just, yeah. you have to find out what works for you. Um, yeah. And it's just, I like the idea of, you know, even if you can't go to Carnival, you know, making yourself feel like you're there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, listening to your music and kind of getting in the zone. Um, I think that's a great way to kind of let go and not think about the things that could be ailing you or how you're feeling or whatever else. So I could see how that could be um, self-care for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as a woman of faith, my mom always used to say, I don't know how you could listen to that kind of music, but... I never deny who I am, right? And I know that there is a purpose for me. God has me here for a reason, whether it's to strengthen other women, to strengthen other people, to strengthen organizations, whatever it is, I'm here and I'm here to answer my call. So, I, you know, that self-care piece is really important. Yeah, that's, yeah, I like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I guess um, now kind of where you are with being an entrepreneur and helping organizations and consulting and things of that sort, um, is that a, a purposeful career because it helps you um, with balancing motherhood and um, balancing, you know, your health and things of that sort as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if I help one person a day, I feel like I am accomplished. I feel like I've had a productive day. And that person can be a child. It could be another mom who might be having a tough day. It could be a leader who doesn't really understand how to navigate a challenge. Um, but being a consultant I truly believe it's purposeful and it helps me to be a better person. Yeah. I love that. Helping one person a day makes your day just as much um, fulfilling as those who might help millions of people a day. So yeah, all you need yeah. is one person. That's it. Just one, because the, the one person you touch can hopefully pay it forward and touch one more person. And, and that's how the world changes. Yeah. So how would you, um, is there any advice or thoughts that you would give to other moms who maybe they are um, balancing a, an illness or health issue as well um, with motherhood and working and, you know, taking care of their family um, what kind of advice or um, tips would you love to give to our audience? Wow. So I think the first tip for me would be, and this in my mind is the most important tip, is always tell your children the truth. Mm -hmm. I've never sugarcoated anything for my daughter. I've never lied to her. I don't try to make things prettier than they ought to be. 
um, because she has to navigate life too. And I remember as a little girl, the things and the lessons that my parents taught me and they didn't lie to me either. And so I pay it forward with my daughter. So that's the first, right? Always tell your children the truth. Um, when it comes to growing up in this country as a little girl of color or, you know, a few years from now, she'll be a young lady of color. She has to understand that there are going to be challenges that she's, she's going to face. She knows that she's faced some of them already on the gymnastics circuit because not many other girls that she competes with or competes um, on her team or others that she face, faces in competition, not many of them look like her. The judges certainly don't look like her. And so there have been instances where she has outperformed others and her score does not reflect what she's actually done. Other people recognize it in the arena. She knows it, but what can you do about it, right? And so she understands growing up as a little girl of color has its challenges. And because of that, I have always taught her that she has to be better, smarter, faster, stronger, always. Like she recognizes she could never be caught getting ready. She always has to already be ready. So that's the first thing. The second tip would be, I don't ever try to separate my journey from hers because I believe that I learn from her as much as she learns from me. I've always said God blessed me with her because he knew I needed her more than she could ever need me. You know, the Bible says you train a child up, right? Yeah. In the way that he or she should go. And I believe that. And so a lot of times I see my friends or other adults trying to separate their journey from their children. And I don't, um, because she doesn't learn from the things I say or what I tell her. She learns from what she watches me do. She's learning from my actions. And so if I'm telling her, I want her to be true to herself, but I'm not being true to myself, she doesn't understand that message. She has to watch me live that nugget. She has to watch me live being true to myself and understand what that looks like before she can mimic that as an adult. So I think those are the two tips that I would give. Always tell the truth and don't separate your journey from theirs. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because um, I noticed even with my one-year-old, the things that we do in the house, you know, he starts to mimic or, you know, I'm trying to make sure I watch what I say and how I say it because right. over time, the more he is exposed to it, the more he will see yes. like what it is that we do and he will try to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a life lesson because that continues on um into their adolescence and teenage years of what they see us do versus um what we're telling them to do and you know a lot of people come from those generations it's like do as I say not as I do but yeah that causes that can sometimes cause a little bit of a challenge <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. And a perfect example, you know, Brenda, is what we're going through today, right? With the virus. It's a horrible situation. And all of a sudden now I'm watching across social media and on TV, everybody's talking about, you know, the struggles of having to work remotely. Everybody's working from home and now their children are home and they're having to help with schoolwork and homeschool. And, you know, the story I keep hearing is how stressed the parents are. And so my first thought was, why is that even stressful? Do you not like your children? Like, I love my daughter, but I also like her. And so she's watched me work diligently for years. And so she understands that when I'm home, I'm working. So she pulls up her laptop and she, we sit in the same room in my office and we work together and we have lunch together now, right? And so I don't get the level of stress that everyone is experiencing. Maybe that's me, but I think that goes part and parcel with, I'm not separating my journey from hers. If I'm having a bad day, she'll look at me and she'll be like, oh, mom, what's wrong? Um, but she's learning from watching me. And yeah. if I'm focused and, I, you know, and I'm, I'm working, then, then she understands that's what she's expected to do as well. I'm not going to put her in her room and tell and say, go upstairs and do your homework. Well, how do I know she's even doing it? Right. And she actually likes hanging around me too. So she'll sit in my office and we'll work together. Yeah. And that's a good thing too. Um, when you can not only like your children or not only love your children, but like your children too, (laughs) um, and enjoy, um, being around them. Um, yeah, I think that that's beautiful. And that's one of those things where um, as we continue to practice different, um, taking care of ourselves and our self-care and things like that, then hopefully the ups and downs that come with parenting and uh, sometimes the stress and sometimes the worry or whatever else don't tend to impact us as much. Um, and we don't tend to project that on our children because we're doing things with them and we are really just trying to do life with them so that they can see um you know an example of what they can be like as adults and hopefully even do better right yeah absolutely Brenda yeah I I really um enjoy um the points that you've made um especially thinking about just the fact that you have you've had a very um I guess challenging road into motherhood and then taking it and finally getting you know the daughter uh that you desire you know and the child that you desired and just pushing steam ahead and really trying to you know, make sure that she can be the best um, that she can be and pushing her to, you know, explore and go for the dreams that she has. So that's really awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'd love to, um, if you have any, do you have any other thoughts that you would like to mention um, before we kind of start to wrap up? No, um, just thank you for this opportunity. I think this is a phenomenal platform 
for moms, for working moms, you know, oftentimes people, you know, put us in this bucket that, you know, we don't want to grow our careers. We're focused on having our children. Um, as working moms, it's tough for us to have it all. Um, but I encourage us to try. <laughs> yes, we just got to try. Yeah. Um, we just have, like, that's my thing. We have to try and we have to, you know, do the best we can to uh, fulfill ourselves so that as we continue to be fulfilled, that our children will see that and push for fulfillment for themselves as well. Absolutely. So you're spot on with that. Um, so, uh, if you want to share, um, any way that people can contact you, if they love to kind of see more about what you're doing, learn more about your consulting business and, um, the different things that you have going on. Absolutely. I would love to, um, if any of you would like to stay connected or reach out to me, um, I would love to hear from you. I am on Facebook and Instagram as Dr. Marcel Wilson Davis on LinkedIn, the same. I am on Twitter as at culture is you and that's culture with a K. Um, Brenda mentioned that um, I am published in several academic journals and I do have a book. So if any of you would love to connect with me, um, I'm definitely here and I would love to hear from you. Awesome. I thank you so much for spending some time with me um, on the podcast and uh, sharing a little bit more about you and um, your journey with our audience. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brenda. What a great opportunity. I'm so thankful to have been in your space and share your energy for a little while tonight. Thank you. Wow, that was awesome. Uh, I truly appreciate uh, Dr. Davis for joining us uh, on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it was um, fantastic to speak with her and to hear more about her story and uh, just like, I don't know, guys. That was just powerful for me. Um, and I hope that through that, um, you've learned the areas in which you can be resilient um, and how you can help other people through the purpose you have for your life. Um, that was great. Uh, if you'd love to hear more stories like that on the Mom Tells a Different podcast, feel free to shoot me a note on Instagram at Moms Hustle Different. Or you can also go to my website at momshustledifferent.com and contact me there. And if you love the content that you've heard, please review our podcast on your chosen podcast format um, and leave a review and rate it. It would be um, so appreciated. Uh, again, we thank you for joining and we will see you next time on the Moms Hustle Different Podcast.